Welcome to the Lift Astrology Podcast, where we approach astrology through people's actual lift experiences of celestial events so as to bring the stars down to Earth. My name's Alina, and this is episode two, where I interview Hellenistic astrologer and astrological magician, amongst many other things, Crystalline, about their third house Capricorn Saturn return. This episode was recorded on June 17th of 2022. All the resources mentioned in this episode, as well as all of Crystalline's links and events, will be available on my website, liftastrology.com podcast, where you can also find Crystalline's birth chart so as to get a better picture of all the placements and transits we're talking about in this episode. And now, without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation just as much as I did. Hi, welcome everyone to the first episode of the Lift Astrology podcast. I'm very excited to be here and have my first guest for this Saturn Return series that I'm doing. And actually, they are kind of a special guest because they were the friend who suggested that I do a series on Saturn Returns to start off this podcast. And I thought it was a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm very happy to welcome Crystalline to the podcast and I'll just let them introduce themselves. Hi. So I am really excited for this podcast because I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think you, given your Saturn placements in your chart, are so qualified in understanding Saturn and being able to really tell the story of Saturn. So it's really cool that you're collecting all of these stories. So first of all, thank you for that. Thank you for having me. My name is Crystalline. Um, I go by Crystalline Avatovich online. I'm at The Real Crystalline on most social media platforms. And I just really adore astrology. I call it my love language and I like to blend astrology with storytelling it's one of the main things I do on my platforms and in readings with clients I specialize in Hellenistic astrology and astrological magic which I then also put into uh, novel writing and helping people write fiction novels as healing modalities and tools which is super fun and I had my Saturn return through 2020 which should uh, (laughs) be a nice interesting story to share yeah I love that you combine astrology with storytelling because knowing your Saturn placement I think that makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah yeah for reference Saturn in the third in Capricorn for anybody who's listening yeah yeah, exactly. Um, we'll, we'll go into more detail shortly. The idea with these stories pretty much is the reason why I'm doing this is so that people not only get these abstract delineations of what a certain placement could be, could manifest as, but get actual stories from people who have lived through it. And I think that way the astrology becomes more You know, sometimes it's hard to imagine what it would feel like to live through that experience. But since we can all empathize with somebody who is just sharing their story, we are able to put ourselves into that sort of emotional space. Of course, I have to put a disclaimer here that everybody's chart is different. If you too have a Saturn in Capricorn in the third house, your experience might be totally different based on your other natal placements. We are going through the specific to the more general here, but I do think you know, starting with the specific, we are then maybe able to abstract some general themes or ways in which 
Saturn shows up that can be relatable and relevant for for everybody. So yeah, I think with that out of the way, tell us a little bit more about your Saturn placement. So my Saturn does a lot of interesting heavy lifting in my chart for some reason. Mm. A lot of the roads in my chart come back to Saturn. It is the out of sect malefic in my chart. So while it's dignified um, in domicile and it does have some support from uh, from Venus. It is opposing Jupiter as well. So it's got this will he won't he kind of Saturn energy in my chart of I'm going to throw an obstacle at you and it's either going to make you stop and completely pivot somewhere. Uranus is also co-present along with Neptune in Capricorn with Saturn. Um, or you're going to break through and have this worldview expanding experience that's going to take you to a new level. And I find that happens with a lot of people with Saturn. But in my chart, it's just this this low hum that is the beat and the rhythm of my entire life experience that's just always there between the third and the ninth house the you know how are you living your daily practice and beliefs in writing and are you finding community and how does that reflect on the more foreign concepts that you're trying to draw in are you doing your due diligence in broadening your horizons at the same time so that's the most influential aspect I think in my chart the chart's quite busy but that one is sort of the the crease in the pages of the story of my life. Wow. I love your way with words and your <laughs> metaphors you. so much. I think <laughs> yeah. the, the low hum in the background yeah. for the third house in general is mm-hmm. such a genius description. And then the crease in the pages, beautiful. Love a bookish yeah. metaphor here. I studied English literature, so. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so love that. Just to give us a little bit more background, how did you experience your Saturn placement before your Saturn return? because there is this general saying that Saturn gets better with age, especially if you have a very loud angular or as you have and as I do too, a domicile Saturn, that it can be quite challenging, especially in the early years and you sort of grow into it as you get older. So how how would you describe your experience with Saturn growing up? So my Saturn in my earlier years, it was a Saturn would giveth and a Saturn would taketh away kind of experience for me where it really did well for me in primary school, which is another third house concept. So I was always the one who was doing outlines, taking notes and getting praised for my diligence and my hard work, which to me most of the time was fun when in school, if we got punishments where you had to write lines, I actually loved it because I could go into my own world, Saturn, and I did that through writing. So where I didn't fit in with a lot of other children my age and I didn't have a huge social presence in my in my whole world you know if you put social relationships as a Libra thing that's in my 12th house I have no idea how that works and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't and I that's one thing I don't analyze in my life Um, but I analyze everything else I am a highly cerebral person again with the Saturn in the third so that was something that really showed up for better or worse And, you know, getting into my routines always felt really good. But if something disrupted my routine, I, you know, I am also quite neurodivergent. So I had experiences with that in childhood and it was not as understood of a concept and it was mingling with another situation throughout my life. It's funny, I have a neurological situation that really defined a lot of my childhood. So again, bringing in that cerebral, neurological, my sixth house is also Aries, so things of the head were very big health aspects in my world as well. But schooling and education and learning were things that gave me the escape along with writing. Mm. 
And I assume you you would be somebody who sort of flourished in a very structured system, right? Yeah, I was I was the teacher's pet through and through because I was very good at maintaining the order that they set. It's like mm-hmm. you give me the rules and I would follow them. And I was never the reason we got in trouble most of the time, unless there was um, my fourth house, that Aquarius situation. Every once in a while, I would pull out my, maybe it's the fact that I'm Mars ruled, but I would do something if it felt like I was doing it to save someone else, like on the playground, hiding someone from the teacher when they were doing something, I would do that. So there was this sort of breaking the rules for this neutral good or my own lawful good that would come through. So speaking of that Aquarius fourth house, Saturn Mm -hmm. usually rules two houses in the chart. When we look at the Saturn return, we usually look at the house where Saturn is placed and the two houses it rules in terms of topics that might come in. And so again, going or thinking back in your life, how did uh, the fourth house show up as Saturnian in, in your past, if at all? Yeah, so um, my upbringing was interesting in that my parents gave me plenty of attention and love, but because they were both working, one of them working several days a week, the other one working from sunrise to sunset, especially if you're thinking about winter school months, I was isolated because we also lived out of town. We lived in the middle of 18 acres of trees, which I find blissful. Um, So I spent a lot of time on my own in childhood. I would build forts in the living room and spend my summers just living in the forts, doing my own thing all day long, because I could. And that was wonderful. I perceived my childhood as really nice. Looking back, there are things that probably could have made life easier in the long run, but in the moment, it didn't feel like any kind of detriment to my experience. So you experienced it more as a sort of blissful loneliness? Yeah, the the domicile may come in here for me because I was just like, you know what, I'm on my own, but I've got the characters that I build in my head and like all Mm. of these. The the Neptune in Capricorn maybe came in here as well because I I also have, of course, a Pisces fifth house and that's where my chart ruler is. So walking around in my own daydream all day long was how I spent a lot of time. So being alone, having that solitude that Saturn provided in my life, was something that both my Mars and Pisces and my Jupiter up in uh, Cancer were totally fine with. I never felt alone. Yeah, which brings me back to something you said earlier that, I don't know, sparked an interest in me. Uh, when you said that being in your own world is something that you relate to Saturn. Can you maybe expand a little bit on that, how, how that to you relates to Saturn? Yeah, so Saturn is a planet that does kind of uh, prefer isolation in a lot of situations or ends up isolating in a lot of situations. I know uh, my father is Saturnian. He is a Capricorn. And um, he actually was the typical type of child that would leave their own birthday party to prefer isolation. So that kind of thing has always, that was my upbringing of the Saturn archetype and model. So for me, The fact that maybe I was a solo individual in my life experience was made up for or balanced by the world that I built around myself, the the characters that I interacted with, even though they were imagined. And uh, I I also didn't have very great loyalty to any of my imaginary friends. They changed pretty much every day. But (laughs) I would forget about them and just create a new one. But... It was something that since I was in an isolated position, I couldn't drive yet. I, you know, was living in the woods, didn't have a lot of ways to go back and forth. And my parents were both working. I built my own worlds. And I I don't really even want to say that it was to cope with the isolation. I actually kind of preferred it. If I was out somewhere, I'd want to get back home so I could read my books or, you know, just dive into my own worlds. 
I'm picking up on a couple of keywords here already mm-hmm. that relate to the sign of Capricorn. I loved yep. how you described, um, you know, making up new friends over and over <laughs> in your minds. That's very cardinal, like starting something yep. and then forgetting it's about totally it about them. <laughs> and starting over every day, pretty much. Um, and the other thing that you just said, like building your own worlds, uh, even though it's mental, but I, I love that. And then living in the middle of the of the woods also feels very earthy. But I was wondering if there are any other um, ways in which the sign of your Saturn placement for you comes through. Yeah, it's it's funny. One of the ways that I'm not sure it's a typical expression, but it's the one that comes to the front of my mind right now is I am the kind of person that loves to bundle myself. So I like to have a buffer between the world and myself. And I feel like with Capricorn, especially being that, you know, wintry sign, that closing yourself off and and turning inward kind of experience is very Capricornian in the experience of it seasonally. Um, But the building of structure on a firm foundation, my whole life has always been, okay, if this is how I do something, how do I figure out the rules to the T? My mom used to say, Krista, go into the gray area. Not everything's black and white. To me, even to this day, everything is black and white, even if it's just my decision that that's a black or that's a white in sort of how to categorize things. You know, everything is one or the other. I don't blur lines between it. So I might agree with some gray areas societally, but to me, they fit into good, bad, black, white, some kind of duality that that I think also goes along with that earthy placement of Capricorn. And I really do like to be the one to help build things, to help provide structure, to be the reliable one. So that as well might be part of the the cardinal thing, liking to be involved as part of the foundation builder, understanding the structure, learning the rules until I get to a point where I understand where they bend appropriately. Mm, Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's something that's related to the element of Earth generally. Mm -hmm. I have have an Earth Mercury, as do you. We have both have a Taurus Mercury, right? And... Even there, like I like when people express themselves or when I express myself, I, I like to have clarity. I like to um, people to make a point, to have an argument, to not just, I don't know, <laughs> go off on tangents and you don't know how it's related and you can't really make sense of it. Like there's something about Earth that just likes the very concrete, the sort of very mm-hmm. tangible. There's a certain dryness to it. I mean, Saturn and Capricorn, Saturn is cold and dry and then mm-hmm. Earth is dry. So there's there's a lot of dryness there right Mm -hmm. as my sense of humor (laughs) yeah yeah I relate (laughs) so let's let's go into your Saturn return story then so can you give us an idea of that time frame where you were at sort of in your life going into it and then what actually happened during your return yeah, so mentioning my Saturn being in the third house of Capricorn, I have an outline. Mm, <laughs> I went nice. through the entire, like, when did Saturn ingress? When did this happen? When was the first hit? When did retrograde? I wrote all of this down. So I probably have too many notes. I am usually overprepared for things. <laughs> um, and this is just the same case. Uh, Saturn came into Capricorn December 19th, 2017 if I got my calculations right. And right around that time, I really, um, my Saturn is at 25. So there Mm -hmm. are some theories of, you know, when Saturn starts really feeling it, you'll feel it when Saturn enters that 20 degree range. In 2017, I had already started feeling 
like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place with my writing. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying again with uh, the one publishing house that I had been traditionally published through, I found out that year, had gone bankrupt and just not told me. So I got all the rights back to the book that I had published through them, but I had more books to publish and I was stuck on a book that I couldn't finish properly. And for some reason, I was lacking support from family and friends. Everybody was just too busy with other stressors. And this was 2017, right? So Mm -hmm. we weren't even in the, the chaos yet. So those were themes that were really showing up. I had just moved into a new house, third house situation, just gotten married, figuring out a lot of foundational things, how to get the house up to par, up to standard, how to find the energy to do all of that, and trying to figure out my career goals and what I wanted to do with life. Because it was starting to feel like somehow this writing that I had put pressure on of my whole plan, which I had, I had an outline for my entire life that led me straight up to age 22, really. Um, And it was, you know, go to school for this, do this, do that, go to the Disney college program for such a time, do this, have a traditional publishing contract by this point. Hopefully, you know, if a partner shows up, they show up around this time frame because that would be most convenient. And everything really went according to plan up until 2017. And so it was at this point, like I had done everything. I was, I was good. I just needed to follow the momentum and then the momentum ran dry. I just wanted to quickly chime in for people who don't know, you are a writer or were a writer and now you're more of an astrologer, but still doing writing, right? I'm both, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that's so funny that what you were saying, like you you had a plan and then suddenly it stopped working. I I feel very similarly and Mm -hmm. I have the theory that this is a Saturn in domicile thing where Mm -hmm. you're actually very good at pulling off either your own plans or what society expects because you're very good at following rules, right? And um, you have the self-discipline to do it as well. But then the Saturn return being kind of a jarring experience because if things stop working, like you can't you can't keep going in this plan for one reason or another, it becomes obvious that this is not the way Saturn puts a stop to it. And that might be actually especially jarring for Saturn and domicile people who love their rules, love their structures, love their plans, love knowing where things are going, right? Yeah, and we tend to really put a lot of effort into things. So we're used to possibly used to getting our own way but through the work so we know and work validates us so we we Mm. tend to have these limiting belief structures as well as you have to work hard to get what you want you have to be working hard otherwise what are you doing with your life so you end up getting into this grind mentality which works and then you reach Saturn return and that grind mentality can still be effective but there are other things now there's like a broader world that you step into and there's so many more priorities that become part of your your worldview and maybe that's my Jupiter and Cancer talking but that was definitely a key thing for me during this time was just realizing wow I was fixating my Saturn kind of gave me the tunnel vision on just this thing and if I broadened it by the end of the Saturn return combining writing with astrology gave me the breakthrough I needed to be able to fully express myself in a bigger way with more opportunities than I was limiting myself to before. Mm. So spoiler for the end of the the conversation, <laughs> but that was, it's a big theme that I think really plays out. It's my biggest, uh, you'll ask later, I think, about advice for people. My biggest advice is if you're pushing something too hard, you're probably limiting what you're capable of receiving. I love that. Wow, mm-hmm. because I'm in my Saturn return. <laughs> I am yeah. I'm very clearly able to just relate that to my own experience in life, like one on one. I'm so glad it relates, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's that's spot on actually. Oh, good. Um, Yay. Yeah, but then 
take us take us back to 2017 and how things stopped working. I just realized that at the same time, I was in a third house perfection year. Again, oh. if I did my math right. So that would have been Saturn and Capricorn's perfection year as well, mm-hmm. that all the things with writing just became very important to me and also stopped. And so my response to that was, if writing is going to give up on me, then maybe I need to give up on writing for a while and try something else to keep myself occupied, to sustain my livelihood. You know, I needed to do something to support my new marriage and all of this stuff that was going on, a new house. So, you know, living the millennial dream comes with certain things that you also have to continue doing, which is not the part that, well, actually it is the part that you worry about your entire millennial childhood. (laughs) So bills became a reality and all of those things. So money became a priority. But I couldn't just do a day job. There are plenty of aspects in my chart that lend to me being in an office setting is just really draining to my energy. Mm. So I opened a holistic shop in my town. And I started opening my own business, which is another third house kind of thing, especially in my community. And I was the first holistic store ever in this town. This is quite a small town in central eastern Pennsylvania. And... um, That went pretty well. This is where I started openly, professionally offering my astrology and mediumship and psychic techniques to people with the shop outside. So if anything came up and it's like, this would really help you, we have that here. Or if you're exploring spirituality, this was my actual goal, is if you're exploring spirituality, but you don't feel safe stepping into an organized religion, come here look at all the the tools that you might want to engage with for your own research. And if you're looking for someone knowledgeable to talk to, I'm here multi-certified in about 15 to 20 different metaphysical practices, so I would be there to help people. And that went okay, but uh, then, you know, certain religious organizations in my town weren't happy about it, and that ended up becoming kind of a thing. So three months later, I had another opportunity for writing, and this came up, and I decided I would take a different approach to writing. I would write a nonfiction book, build a platform around a nonfiction book, and then let the fiction come in through that. And so I applied for a program that ended up bringing up my Saturn return personified in an individual. And I got into the program and then I joined and wrote my first nonfiction book. And within a month of finishing my program with them, when I joined with them, I was like, I'm going to work for them. I don't know how, but I know I'm going to end up working for them. So by June of 2018, I was working for this company, or I guess it was 2019. Yeah. Hmm. So that was sort of in the pre-exact Yeah, yeah. Phase. That was when uh, Saturn came within the 20-degree range Right. in uh, February 5th, 2018. And that's when I was going through all the stuff with my shop. I joined the writing program in January, January 11th, 2019, and then um, began working for them, I think, officially on like June 18th was when they were like, hey, we want to know if this is actually a thing where we can work with you and you can work with us. Mm. So, And I know because that was my husband's birthday. His birthday is tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, I love how so many third house themes are showing up here, like writing, having a local shop feels very third house to me too, sort (laughs) of being part of that neighborhood and, and offering services there and probably getting acquainted with the people who live around there. It was very nice to see how many people were more open minded than I thought, Mm -hmm. even though there were some people who were less open-minded than I would have preferred Um, Mm. but everybody's you know entitled to their level of comfort and that was one of the reasons that I had created this space where you had the invitation to come in it was nice and it's opened up a lot of doors afterwards it's just not I didn't get to see the direct results of it but that kind of did help our community open up a little bit Mm -hmm. so Saturn again with the long-term results did come back around 
Yeah. So yeah. how how did it proceed? <laughs> so the first exact hit actually happened in February of 2020. So I took my books back, self-published a couple of them, and was like, I'm going to push. I'm going to do everything I need to do. I'm going to put myself out there. I went out to Hollywood and pitched my book as a movie and was like the most requested fiction person there. Accidentally sat at a table with the producers rather than the other authors. So that was super fun. We got to talk about like the process of applying for an Oscar. And then I found out that this really influential spiritual figure in the world was going to be working with my company. And I somehow got noticed in my company to be the one to work with this person. And so I had to, at the end of February, I went down to DC, which was where my company was based. And it was lovely being able to go out of my community every once in a while and travel a little bit more. It's very refreshing for me. So I was living my best life at this point. I thought this, is, this isn't where I want to end up, but it's a really great step and it's making progress every day. Awesome. And then it was like this this new figure comes in who is known as she's a New York best times or New York Times bestselling author, very influential, really well known, known as a very um, important person in the holistic, metaphysical, spiritual community, as well as being interested in astrology, which was something that we kind of ended up chatting a bit about. And I was helping them start a podcast, which was really cool. Uh, ended up just sitting there and another third house thing, you know, podcasting, communication. We were going through newspaper headlines, trying to see how we could make people feel more comfortable about what was going on in the world. And then all of a sudden she starts talking about, well, have you seen the headlines about COVID? Have you seen the headlines about, is the first time I ever heard the word Wuhan? Because that was like the buzzword at the time. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I had to really quickly like Google and then do deep research, another Saturnian thing, to suddenly just learn politics in a crash course of three days. And so I ended up working with this person from that point of my first exact with Saturn through, I think it was until October of 2020, when Saturn stationed, I believe it was retrograde on my degree. <laughs> mm. And in that time, I was supporting this person as she was doing a mentorship on how to write books that make an impact in the world. And I was her like right-hand person on that. And at one point, my boss was on a call and said, hey, Krista, you should read some of your fiction and let her critique it. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. And for some reason, through a series of unfortunate moments on this Zoom call that everybody was still getting used to at this point, as I was reading, something went wrong with the sound. And the words of her feedback were this story about how she had went, she had gone to see Aretha Franklin and someone opened for Aretha Franklin and Aretha knew her skills and mastered them and was very, very good at the artistry and skill set. But the person who had gone on before had sung from her heart and wasn't as well trained, but was really good. And like, you could feel the spirit in her more. And she looked me in the eye and said, Crystalline, you're Aretha. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I had to sit there on a Zoom call and just be like, I totally appreciate your feedback. I'm going to take it to heart. Thank you so much. I'm going to let someone else have the, the microphone now. Thank you. And I muted my husband's off camera and he just reached out and grabbed my arm because I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to cry when I get off this call. And that was when I finally realized I needed to mourn my writing career as I expected it to be. Which, again, huge Saturn stationing retrograde on my Saturn degree experience. Yeah, no, that sounds especially 
painful given what you shared earlier about <laughs> you know how, how you're the kind of person who's like proud of having the skills and being good at doing things by the book and then mm -hmm. being told to like <laughs> yeah but yeah the heart is missing <laughs> that mm. well and as someone who if you look at the amount of earth in my chart the amount of yes. fixity in my chart my heart is in the details So yes. her definition of what heart expression needed to be wasn't the same as what mine, my expression looks like. So it felt like a double rejection on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when I was like, okay, we need to let this attachment to this avenue of success go because clearly that's not where I'm going to find what I'm looking for. And that's mm -hmm. why I tell people, like, even if you're in the height of something and you find that your, your Saturn return is saying, let it go. That means that that thing, even as great and shiny as it looks, is not the shiny that's going to fit you. And letting go of it was hard. Took a couple months for me to actually do probably most of Saturn's actual retrograde because it just hung out at my degree for a long time uh, in that period as well. But afterwards, everything expanded and got a lot bigger than I imagined I deserved or imagined I could reach for. Yeah. Uh, once when we were having a conversation, um, you used this metaphor that I just love so much, so I want to share it. But you said that, you know, before the Saturn return, you throw spaghetti at the wall and nothing sticks. And after the Saturn return is when things start to stick. And so yeah. in a way, it's Saturn's way of showing you that you were just going down the wrong path. Like things weren't sticking for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I, go I went through so many boxes of pasta and <laughs> nothing stuck. <laughs> Saturn should really um, like look into food waste it's not it's not a yeah. good thing yeah right <laughs> that's my tara is coming out too i always speak in like food analogies for some reason <laughs> well as a fellow taurus i love it <laughs> yeah so um do you want to continue with your story or yeah um so i do want to make sure that i get the dates accurate for anybody mm -hmm. who's as detail oriented as i am mm -hmm. saturn did station on my degree on september 28th 2020 and it was around september that this event happened on the zoom call and it was in october that I started pursuing astrological magic. I sought out a counselor because I was like, I know I'm in my, my Saturn return. I thought I was doing a good job with it. I need someone to get me out of my own head. So I looked for someone who did both astrology and counseling and started just really diving into learning more and became a, a full-time astrologer. I left the job that I was at, became a full-time astrologer, decided this is what people seem to be looking for from me. So I'll lean into that a little bit since if anything's a sign from the universe or God that this is what I should be doing more of, I'll go there. And from the first moment, it was just word of mouth. Then social media blew up. TikTok became a huge thing. I ended up partnering with my now business partner, Emily. We combined books and astrology and spiritual growth and intuition into what we do now. And it's thriving like crazy. So wow. it does get better. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, yeah. Was there anything else from how you got to this point of mourning to then pivoting um, or? There were a couple mental, um, like a another thing that maybe it's Saturn or maybe it's Taurus, I'm not sure. I allowed myself to get angry mm. because that was one of the ways that I was able to honor the feelings I was having of frustration and you know, just give them a moment, give them a space and then get on the other side of them to be able to then pick up and keep moving. Because another thing that Saturn is always going to do is continue to endure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got angry, gave up for like three days because 
I don't know if, if this is something you relate to as well with your prominent Saturn, but when I say I give up, in the back of my head, there's always a voice saying, yeah, you don't, but you're going to take like a day of, of pretending you're giving up to feel better. And that's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> so, I relate. <laughs> yeah, I took some time of giving up to figure out what I was going to do next um, and spent that time to keep myself busy because I would have driven myself mad not doing anything. I found ways to keep myself busy doing what the world seemed to be supporting rather than what I wanted done. Mm. So I, I took a minute to just look around and be like, what what is working? And how can I lean more into what is working? And for me, that was astrology is working. People are asking for readings. You're saying no because you're trying to push this over here. But what if you said yes to the things people are asking for rather than trying to force feed what you want people to take? And uh, it it worked. Yeah. Again, I feel like we've said it so many times already, but that theme of mm -hmm. um, just finally noticing or listening to or yeah, just realizing yeah. What, what what's actually working for you and how much the thing you thought worked for you or wanted to work for you was not the thing. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really striking. And I wonder, since your Saturn is in the third house and the third house is one of the houses associated with divination, it's not mm -hmm. associated with astrology as such, that would be more of a ninth house topic. But I feel like the way you do astrology, having a strong magic component for mm -hmm. one, which I could see in the third house as a sort of more ritual practice, um, as well combining it with writing, which again brings in that third house element. Do you think astrology for you was a third house thing? It definitely became a daily routine and part of my, mm. my daily practice. I was listening to the Life Coach podcast for Mindset help mm -hmm. to just be able to intervene in thoughts that weren't being helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. That was really awesome. I, my career was helping life coaches write books to support their platforms. So I learned a lot. Having already been a certified life coach myself, working among life coaches of various different topics, and again, helping to coach them. So I listened to that podcast a lot just to gain perspective, discovered a lot of things like The Course in Miracles and all of those uh, just daily routines that as a creature of habit, I really incorporated checking my transits, looking at what's going on, keeping it, an eye on um, different transits and how they would show up. So I started tracking everything and it definitely is, uh, I do have daily planetary magic routines as well. I even created a little apothecary space in my house just for it. That sounds yeah. lovely. And again, it's bringing nice. in that earth element, like <laughs> mm -hmm. wanting to make something tangible for it. I love that. <laughs> All the time. Um, yeah. So uh, one, one thing I'm particularly interested in is like, how did Saturn show up for you during that time? What did it feel like? Did he show up as a person in your life? Or, or what was that encounter like? Because I think that's going to be helpful to people heading into their Saturn return or any, you know, heavy Saturn transit to, to sort of know what that feels like in your body or what, what type of figures you could be on the lookout for, etc, etc. Yeah, so Saturn really did show up as that individual that I was mentioning before. I don't mm -hmm. want to mention their name because I still find them to be an incredibly inspirational, wonderful person. It's just miscommunications, thanks Third House, kind of ended a relationship that we had and, and pushed me into a different direction. That person is still amazing and I think they're fantastic. But yeah, during this time, I was also going through, I had my 30th birthday, which brought me into a seventh house perfection year, which really activated my Mercury in Taurus. And that is the ruler of my eighth house. So I had three losses 
within a year. One being a, a family dog that had been with us for a long time, had actually saved several family members' lives over the course of, of his lifetime, passed away in my lap. And it was like my first real true experience closely with death, mediumship aside. And then in uh, January and February of 2021, while I was still in that seventh house activating my th- my eighth lord, um, I lost two grandparents within three weeks of each other. And so Saturn really introduced the concept of loss. And again, seventh house being the fourth derivative house from my fourth house, it was my both uh, grandparents were actually on my mother's side. So in this scenario, the fourth was of the mother. And that was interesting because speaking of the mediumship stuff, that came into a role in both of their passing as well, which was not what I anticipated, but did show up. So those were things that all happened. Um, Saturn was technically in Aquarius by this point, but still within that 20 degree range that uh, was introduced to me actually by Becca Tarnas in archetypal astrology. So it might be able to still come into play there. Technically by that definition, uh, I wasn't out of my Saturn return having such a late degree Capricorn Saturn. I wasn't out of it until just January of this year, (laughs) which is incredible to think about. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's interesting how there are these moments when we suddenly feel Saturn so clearly, at least I had that during my Saturn Mm -hmm. return, not during the exact one, but um, over the course of Saturn being in Aquarius, I had moments where I so clearly felt like what Saturn was about. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that moment where you, you know, through that miscommunication on that call, did you get sort of a physical reaction out of that? I mean, apart from probably being very upset. um, Yeah, I just wondered what that felt like for you or if you felt that at all. So that call, that whole evening was interesting because the call wasn't over after my turn. Mm -hmm. I had to finish running the call. I was the moderator Mm -hmm. of the call. So I had to go stone-faced and maintain my composure for another hour's worth of call after hearing that. So there was a lot of like, disassociation that went along along with it like just being stuck in a moment which Saturn can often do and then afterwards having to really process the feelings of it and it was just one of those those nights or one of those moments where you feel like I don't know like what's on the other side of this this really crucial moment because it's it's shaking so much and then like immediately just had to go to sleep which was interesting and then the next day just my world was different after that event that was so characteristic of the Saturn return for me. It was like I had been resisting what Saturn was trying to nudge. And Saturn, of course, being the out-of-sick malefic, just got fed up with my shenanigans and was just like, okay, we're going to cut this off right now and sever it. And that's exactly how it happened. But it it was a, a long time of allowing myself to really mourn who I thought I was going to be, which I think a lot of us go through at that point. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And mm-hmm. I love that stuck in time feeling. Mm-hmm. I think it's not only that, it's also like you said, your world sort of shifts. And in that moment where your world shifts, you suddenly have this moment of like expanded awareness almost, yes. and being able to see the big picture in a way that you rarely do being so busy sort of in the day to day. But suddenly, there's this moment where you know, like, oh, this is big. And this just feeling of bigness, if you think about Saturn, it's a very big planet. And it is you know the planet that we associate with standing right at the edge of the Mm -hmm. visible seven planets at least and and being sort of at the edge of what is known and then looking out there into the unknown as well and I think 
that for me was characteristic of some of those moments I personally had where I just felt like, wow, I know this is big and just feeling that in a very visceral way. Yeah, and just even thinking about, you know, astrologers tend to joke about like, well, you haven't even had your Saturn return yet. And being on one side of the Saturn return, it was interesting to be like, you can't say that. I'm studying astrology. I'm going to be at least okay or at least knowledgeable. Going through it, it was just sitting in the fact that I know nothing was the hardest but most transformational piece of it. Just realizing, oh, you know, I had, I had a little bit more uh, confidence in my knowledge than I could have had because there's more to life than what I was had access to just being where I was in my life journey. And then afterwards, constantly reminding myself that the spaghetti can stick to the wall now, you know, that if I try something, it's not built in that I'm building a tower that's going to be checked immediately. I'm building a tower now. And it'll get checked again for my second Saturn return, but I have my first Saturn return as a new foundation. So it kind of reminds me of, I don't know why this is coming up, but if you've ever been to Edinburgh, Scotland, there's a city under the city. So the first city would be life before the Saturn return. And then the new city built on that is the second, you know, the life after. And that's very much what it feels like. Everything is there, but the perspective of even your, your perception of how long life is, and how much of it you have to be relevant during. Uh, another really strange experience I had was uh, right at the beginning of my Saturn return, I got to go on back-to-back trips, one to Israel and then another to Egypt. And the, they were both spiritually uh, focused trips. And the one to Egypt, I had an encounter with a statue of the goddess Sekhmet, which turns out the asteroid Sekhmet is on my Jupiter in the ninth found that out just recently. And there was this crazy encounter. I explain it in my book, Writing the High Vibe Heroes Journey at one point. So I don't need to like wax philosophic on it, but it was this crazy moment where I realized my biggest fear was aging into obscurity Mm. or aging into irrelevance. And this spiritual person that ended up personifying my Saturn return really personifies as well the full expression of the crone archetype, the wisdom that comes into that period of life, how you still are useful, even if you're not doing backflips and you know being Mars the Avenger as rules my chart and my phone just went off, which means usually for me that I said something that I need to pay attention to later. Um, <laughs> Mars the Avenger it is. <laughs> Mars the Avenger. Um, yeah, so it was interesting to me with that, that um, one of the lessons that came out of Saturn Return, because Saturn doesn't just have to be paying attention to my writing. It covered a lot of themes of the third house for me. And one of those was really looking at that Jupiter in the ninth and looking ahead and looking at worldview and spirituality and where do I stand? And now it used to be, I don't have enough time to get everything done. And afterwards, you know, health willing, it's, I have the rest of my life to live. How am I going to fill it? You know, I have so much time and little plan. So I have new plans to really build upon. And that's a new challenge in and of itself. Yeah, I love that you use that you know, the city under the city and Mm -hmm. building my tower metaphor again. I'm thinking of Capricorn (laughs) here. (laughs) Um, Loving how I come through in your your way of speaking, Um, Mm -hmm. being, you know, in the third house of communication. Um, But yeah, I I agree. There's a totally different conceptualization of time in a way after Mm -hmm. the Saturn return. And I do think obscurity will not be your fate. I think with, with a yeah, third yeah. house dignified 
Saturn and domicile, I, I think that has a lot of potential for becoming that crone archetype as well. Yeah. Um, so we talked a lot already about how it was sort of an ending. And I think it's very important to uh, be conscious of the Saturn return as a planet returning to its natal position is always the end of a cycle. Like the few years before your Saturn return are very much, for me at least, it was sort of this tangible almost I know things are changing I don't know how yet but I know and uh, it's the dark moon phase so to speak mm -hmm. of of a planetary cycle and so oftentimes you have just big endings and also new beginnings I don't know how much you can speak to the new beginnings yet because you don't have that much perspective yet so <laughs> it might be hard to speak to what is coming up for you next um, you know we have the next 30 years to explore that um, <laughs> but yeah just was there anything else you wanted to add in terms of that of endings or beginnings yeah so endings were again that perception that I had to do this one thing and specialize in this one thing so I had to get rid of the the idea that I was only going to be a novelist that I was only going to be a writer asking me now looking back on that it's like how would I have ever been satisfied just writing novels when there's so much more in my life that I love and would have had to remain hidden at that point so the, the news cycle, and this really did start showing up. I had another spiritual influencer ask me to delineate their chart in a report form. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do this astrology for you, but I want to talk about my books. Like, how can we make some things about that? And it was always, yeah, but I want to hear about your astrology. So there was this tug of war throughout my Saturn return where people were like, but you're so good at astrology. I want to hear more about it. I want to see you do more with it. And I was like, I want you to read my books. <laughs> and so what came out of it was kind of a flip side where for a couple months near the end of my Saturn return, I was like, give up on the books. I'm going to dive headfirst into astrology. Now I've found a balance combining the two. I'm even speaking at Astromagia on how to use books as an astrology tool, using astrology to write a book to kind of retell myths and make them a little bit more modern, bring them back into what the sky needs us to be telling now. And so that cycle of getting recognized and, and followers on social media, which never happened before my Saturn return, you know, things actually sticking, even if they are the same as what I did before, coming at them from an angle of less pressure and less having to make it work. I definitely have the perspective now of like, if it doesn't work, then I'm just going to do something new tomorrow. I'll just try something else. And um, that is a, a really handy tool <laughs> to use when we put all of our eggs in one basket, which I had done with writing. If you make your basket bigger and give the eggs a little bit more color mm. as far as, you know, having different variety of interests, being able to blend into one thing. Now I am the storytelling astrologer. You know, mm. I do skits. I write my own books, which are influenced by astrology and sometimes just completely, you know, written the way that I usually do. But I do astrology for people. I love doing it. It's the easiest way for me to tell any person I interact with how lovable they are. So I really adore that. And the, that transition really did unfold with little plot points of its own throughout the Saturn return where the balance of the scales went from all the way to one side, all the way to another side to actually finding balance mm -hmm. and being able to live with that and understand that you can be many things and still be specialized. Because I was always the kind of person that I was like, I need to specialize in something because my brain can't handle doing too many things at once. So I just made one thing out of many. <laughs> yeah. And speaking about many eggs in the basket, um, mm -hmm. you know, a Saturn return 
never happens in isolation. Other things are going on in the sky during that time. We all know the Capricorn <laughs> sort of sub-generation ha had a pretty rough go with so many <laughs> things happening um, in Capricorn at the same time, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction being one of them, which would have happened very closely to your natal Saturn, right? Mm -hmm. um, are there any transits that were going on at the time or also placements you have in your natal chart that you feel colored your experience of your Saturn return? Yeah, so that whole Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto thing happened yeah. around 22 degrees in Capricorn and I was at 25. Yeah. And then as they continued beyond that, they ran me over. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Uranus was in Taurus transiting over my Mercury, which kind mm -hmm. of shows that astrology coming into my life, especially at an angular situation, working with clients all of a sudden, taking on astrological clients. And Mercury transiting uh, did go through around the same time that that perfection happened with Uranus and my Mercury, transiting Mercury, which was, again, really active in that whole seventh house perfection year, was transiting my natal Jupiter in the ninth. So I did kick off right at that time my full-time astrology situation. And that also was the time where spiritually I became very needed and useful to my family as we were going through these transitions of loss and just different shapes being taken on in my in my whole family. So yeah, I think that those two with Uranus on my Mercury and Mercury transiting around Jupiter around the time that I finally started having new ideas and in going outside of my normal color lines really were the most influential to me, especially uh, when I did lose my grandparents that one week. I think Mercury was conjunct my Saturn at the time. And so of course, Mercury being the ruler of my eighth house was conjunct my Saturn and something else was going on. I have it written down somewhere that it just made a lot of sense. I was actually able to predict the day that my grandmother was going to leave because I could see it in the chart. Hmm. And so I remember saying to my husband, I'm not going to say this to anybody else, but if there's a day coming, it's this one. And that was the day. And it was uh, Mercury conjunct natal Saturn and south node. And it was also square my natal Mercury in my seventh house. So Mercury hmm. was doing a lot of work on that day. Yeah, it just goes to show that, you know, all the other things keep happening too. You're not just in your Saturn return. Funnily enough, we have very similar Mercury placements. So um, Uranus transited my Mercury too. And that was also me going down the astrology rabbit hole. So if anybody's out there who's ha yeah. having an upcoming um, Uranus to Mercury transit, you know, beware the astrology rabbit hole. <laughs> well, and, you know, Mercury is the, the OG prognosticator kind of planet yeah. out there so it yeah. makes it makes a lot of sense for us being traditional astrologers that the traditional planet would come into play absolutely um i love that and also something i just thought of the seventh house showed up for me um this is a bit of a random tangent but showed up for me as grandparents uh, mm -hmm. Because my grandparents uh, played a significant role in my Saturn return too. And yeah, it's just something I wanted to put out there because it is the fourth from the fourth. And so it's, for me, it happened to coincide with being parents of the father, which would be sort of the more traditional route. But for you, it was parents of the mother. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely room for <laughs> debate there, which parent goes in the fourth or if it's both of them. Yeah, my mom was the parent that was, um, my dad was home more of the time. And my mm. mom was the one that went out into the world and, mm. you know, did all those things. So I think energetically, the the father structure provider role may fall into that fourth house. And if that's one of the interpretations, that's always the way I've kind of blended those experiences, how my mom typically ends up being represented by my fourth house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
All right. One thing I'm eternally interested in and I want to make people think about is mm -hmm. how is astrology useful in all of this? Because I think we there's such a focus on astrology as a predictive tool. That's what mm -hmm. most people want to use it for or think it's used for because you know there's a certain attractiveness to being able to know the future um, i can totally understand why that is what people focus on it's also this sort of mystical magical thing like oh mm -hmm. she can know the future or something <laughs> um, but i think a big part of astrology and i hope you agree with me here especially given that you combine it with storytelling in your own work is actually being able to make sense of things retrospectively or in the moment, mm -hmm. sort of understanding the bigger story. Um, so I, I was wondering, how was it for you useful to know that you were in your Saturn return? How, how did that help you in your life? Yeah, it was, it's useful retrospectively. It was useful, even though I was resisting it a lot in the moment, knowing that I was in that as well, because it gave me permission. So mm. it was it was this, I don't know why I'm thinking about this either, but speaking of stories, if you've seen Moon Knight, it's a Marvel TV show, okay. um, but there's a, an Egyptian god in Moon Knight whose name is escaping me, but seems to really represent a lot of sort of death Saturnian themes as well. And it was, it was the idea that you can't resist the hard stuff. You have to just really lean in. And so when I think about this, I'm hearing it in the, the voice actor's voice for this uh, Egyptian god, but it's the fact that it gives you permission to lean in. Yes, you're supposed to be having a hard time right now. So you don't have to put on a mask and tell everybody, no, it's fine. You can say, no, I'm having, I'm going through a rough time right now. And then you can let yourself have that rough time. There's a, a phrase that says what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. And so if you decide that you're going to put all of your energy into resisting something, you're only going to be feeling the energy of resistance. And that's even, it's worse to feel. If you go into something and you're saying, I'm going to be facing challenges, but I overcome obstacles with renewed inner strength every time, that was my affirmation of choice for Saturn return. Then you know, it's like, here's an obstacle. I will overcome it. I may not be, it's not overcome yet, but I already know in my mind that there will be a sunrise after this night. So I'm going to keep my eyes on the sunrise and I'm gonna keep just taking the next step, doing the next right thing, as you know, Frozen 2 likes to remind us. And just, Keep taking it one day at a time. Stop putting pressure on yourself that you have to have it all figured out immediately, which was a struggle for me. I am the kind of person who needs to have a plan. I remember when I got onto my reading with Becca Tarnas, she asked me what I what was wrong. I said, I ran out of plan. That's my actual problem is I ran out of plan and I'm looking for direction. So I get it. I feel you. But on the other side of it, knowing that that was a time to allow yourself to not have a plan. Let life show you what plan options you might have because they'll show up. We in astrology are finding more and more and I think a lot of us already kind of played into the fact that it's not just looking at the chart, it's acknowledging that the chart is showing you stuff happening around you and then paying attention to how that's showing up, how that's manifesting, what areas of your life are really lighting up will show you the next steps because the transits proceed and so do you. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Just knowing even though Saturn moves agonizingly slowly at times, <laughs> <laughs> he does move <laughs> currently yeah. backwards, but um, <laughs> you know, that too is progress. And uh, speaking of Becca Tarnas, I had a reading with her too, relatively at the beginning of my Saturn return. And one thing she told me was like, let this time shape you. Mm -hmm. And 
I think, especially again for domicile Saturns who like to be in control of things, yeah. like to be proactive and uh, make plans. It's really hard sometimes to let yourself just be. And I think especially with this theme of mourning and grief and letting go that I think comes with almost every Saturn return. It also just takes time to get over stuff, to process, to... It's not something we, we usually underestimate, I feel like, how, how much energy that can take, even if you aren't doing anything proactively. Just the sitting and... I don't know, letting your mind wander and not 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 doing too much for a change um, is actually a big part of it, uh, at least was in my experience. So And some things from pre-Saturn Return did stay. Like the book that I was struggling to finish before Saturn Return, when the Saturn Return ended, I was able to finish the book and publish it. It's out now. Yeah. Its second book is coming. Its third book is mostly written. There's a fourth book planned. There are two novellas. It just flowed afterwards so fiction is still obviously a huge part of my life that love from before the Saturn return didn't go away I just needed to understand it differently and release conditions that were on it it's another thing that Saturn can do is create conditions that have to be met in order for something to be good or loved or work and if you can release the conditions kind of cut cords or ties with things then you can see something for its fullest potential and when you pursue it without conditions, and again, I think this is Jupiter stepping in in my chart, but when you pursue something without conditions, you can be everything that you are, it can be everything that it is, and you can each work together, and that's where synastry really starts flowing mm. with life themes, with people, with everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we've already touched on the theme of advice. What advice yeah. would you give? And I think we both like gave a little bit already there and in coming into this conclusion. Uh, but was there anything else you wanted to mention? Because I know Saturn is inching towards the end of Aquarius. And so another group of people is going to be starting. Some of them their first, some of them their second Saturn return soon, even their third, maybe. Um, so I, I was just wondering if there was anything else you wanted to say to those people who are maybe looking towards this time with fear, I think is something we often tend to do, which is very funny because Saturn oftentimes stands for fear itself. Yeah, well, um, yeah I agree with that. And I was actually thinking about the same thing. People who are about to come into their Saturn return and people who are entering that final drop in the Saturn return. And as I was thinking about it, it reminded me of um, there's this roller coaster. It's a giga coaster. Mm. And the drop was so intense that both my partner, who then we were just dating and still trying to impress each other, we both blacked out at the bottom of this. And so how perfect, though, for a representation of the Saturn return. You're going up that hill on a roller coaster, and sometimes you get to a point where you're like, this is going higher than I thought it was going to. It's taking longer to get up there than I expected. That drop is coming, and I'm strapped in. I can't go anywhere. What do I do? And so you have this moment where you just decide, I'm going to scream, but I'm going to make it a laughing sort of scream because I choose to be laughing more than crying. And even if even if you black out a little bit, you finish it off and you're okay. And so to me, this is, it's like being on a roller coaster. The drop is coming and you get to decide whether you're going to laugh scream through it or even if you just need to scream all the way down and give yourself permission to have that full chest scream that we all kind of benefit from every once in a while it's that experience and you know you you go through that moment of the drop and then afterwards you continue 
and there will be an afterwards and life will be different and you will be a different person for everything you've experienced and gained through that. And the way that you go through it is, you know, let yourself scream, let that scream be anything it needs to be and let yourself feel and express whatever you need to in that moment because hiding it is only going to make Saturn come and you know bring a spiritual influencer to tell you your writing is terrible so (laughs) I recommend (laughs) just just go through it and take it day by day and when something comes up there's this um a sort of and so it is like that's how that is and just let yourself witness things as much as possible if you have a feeling just acknowledge that you're feeling it if you see something happening acknowledge that that is a circumstance and you get to choose what you do around it and feeling something crying laughing you know being afraid all of those things are things that you are allowed to do there is no emotion in the black void of Saturn that isn't allowed. It is taking you to your edge. So you have to explore what your edge looks like so you can know what solid looks like on the other side. Yeah, I love that image of being strapped into the roller coaster (laughs) and there's nothing you can do. That's definitely how I felt going into my Saturn return. Um, I knew it was going to be a wild one and a big one because my Saturn is pretty much exactly conjunct my descendant so it's very Mm -hmm. angular it's a very central planet in my chart generally Um, I have a lot of fixed stuff and I have Saturn in Aquarius and it just aspects everything so (laughs) yeah I, I definitely can relate to that but I can say that sometimes the screaming is also fun and exhilarating. Like it isn't always, oh my God, <laughs> what do I do now? I'm, I'm so scared. Actually, it's kind of liberating too. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Because you can stop being afraid. That's the good part. Yeah, the anticipation is usually worse than the actual thing. Yes, I totally agree. And I also thought of that story. I don't know if you've read the book, The Greatness of Saturn. I haven't, but now I want to. It's basically this kind of, uh, fable almost or I can't think of the right word right now but you know it's a, a story a that, that yeah a parable exactly that was a, what I was looking for yeah uh, for, for what the Saturn return is like um, and there is one part where I think it's one of the gods who says like oh you can't get me Saturn I'm just gonna hide at the bottom of this river for seven years and you won't find me (laughs) to do whatever you wanted to do to me and at the end like this guy is like really triumphant and says like ha I escaped you Saturn and then Saturn is like have you considered that you spent seven years lying at the bottom (laughs) of a river And so I, um, yeah, I really love that, you know, it's better to like head into it headlong, whatever might come, than try to hide and lie at the bottom of a river. And then you're going to have a generally bad experience because yeah. I don't imagine that to be very pleasant. <laughs> I think, I that. yeah, I think oh it's better gosh. to face it head on than to try to hide from it. For sure. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely a great book if you want to prepare for your Saturn return. But yeah, I think... That brings it to a close. Maybe did you want to mention anything else that you didn't get to say? I think we brought up everything. If anybody does want to stay connected, again, I'm at the real Crystalline on like TikTok and Instagram on Twitter because they wouldn't allow the same amount of characters. I'm just the real Crystalline in case you were wondering if there's like an imposter. Sometimes there are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would love to connect with anybody who's interested in connecting through social media. I do offer services on my website, crystallineavitovich.com. And I'm really excited that I'm going to be speaking at Astromedia in October. And I'll be at an event with my business partner, Emily, Books, Gowns, and Crowns. 
which is exactly what it sounds like. And it's going to be a blast. I think that's on um, Labor Day weekend in September. Okay, very cool. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. I know sometimes it can be very personal and, and hard to get into, but I feel like we covered a lot of good ground here. And as always, love your way of speaking and your metaphors. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. This was an awesome experience. I love that you're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being my first guest. It's been an honor. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lyft Astrology Podcast. You can always find more episodes on my website at liftastrology.com podcast. You can also subscribe to my newsletter where I provide monthly astrological retrospectives on my website liftastrology.com or you can follow me on Twitter where you can keep up with my astrological thoughts throughout the month at liftastrology. If you feel like you have a transit story that you want to share on the podcast as a guest, currently I'm mostly looking for Saturn return stories but I'm also open for other suggestions, you can email me at liftastro at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you again soon.